Hey there folks, I'm Daniel. Welcome to the Pebble in a Pond podcast. This is not only going to be our first episode, but the first time that I've ever recorded anything like this. So I hope that everyone is a little forgiving and understanding as I try to figure this all out and work out the kinks as I, uh, you know, work my way through this. Hopefully the message will be more important than the technical buffoonery that I am about to try to work my way through. So I think we'll start with a simple introduction um, of what exactly this podcast is going to be about and what the point of it all is. To do that, I'm going to start with a story, a story that I heard when I was very young, um, one that it it really did have an impact on me. I remember it uh, sparingly, the details, so I'm going to try to fill in as much as I can. Uh, I don't know where the story was originally told. I don't know how old the story is. Uh, it is, it is literally just a childhood memory that, uh, really stuck with me a lot as I, uh, as I got older. The story starts with a, a little boy in a village or somewhere. Uh, and he's, He's, you know, a little farm boy in a village, and he starts to wonder as he goes through every day, you know, get up, go to do his chores, do do all the stuff that he does, and he, you know, he just works all day, and then he goes to bed, and he starts to wonder about his, his place in the universe. He starts to feel very insignificant, and at some point, he gets to where, you know, he's kind of really questioning his own existence, and so he goes to the village elder who is renowned for being this wise man who, you know, can, uh, really understands where people's place is and really has a way of, you know, explaining things in a clear and concise way. And the village elder, uh, you know, sits and listens and, you know, the little boy just says, you know, how, how does somebody like me, like, why do I matter? What, what, what can I do? to make the world a better place how can i how can i be important and the elder just looks at him and smiles and he takes him by the hand and he leads him down the hill to a small pond that's at the bottom of the hill and when they reach the edge of the pond the elder picks up a small pebble and he hands it to the boy and he says throw the pebble into the pond so the boy does and when the pebble hits the pond it creates a, you know, it's a little tiny pebble, so it just creates a splash and then some ripples. And the boy just sits there and watches the ripples for a second. And the elder says, just like that pebble, our actions can create ripples in the world around us. Every time you're kind, every time you're gentle, every time you act with compassion and courtesy, you're creating a ripple that reaches far beyond anything that you can ever really understand. The same thing goes for when you inflict harm or pain or negativity. Those ripples are also felt, and they have far-reaching consequences that you'll never understand. So as the boy sits there and thinks about this, he begins to understand, you know, just how simple it really is. And he turns and he looks at the pond and he realizes that those little ripples that he had made by throwing the the pebble have now turned into a little bit larger waves. And they're hitting the shore and they're moving the the dirt and the the pieces of stuff on the edge of the, the pond. And he, you know, has a look on his face like he's starting to understand. And the, the village elder reaches his hand down and puts his hand on the shoulder of this boy and says... You must understand that you don't get to choose what happens when you throw the pebble. It just hits the pond and the ripples go where they will. So if you act with love and kindness, you don't need to worry about it. Because you know that the positive energy and the love that you're spreading will be the effect that you're bringing into the world. Whereas if you are spreading hate 
or anger or any other negative emotion, that's what you're going to spread into the world. As the boy stood there, he began to understand and he made a promise to himself and to the elder that he was going to live his life with purpose and intention. That he was going to try everything he could to be as kind and loving and compassionate as possible so that the energy that he put into the world and the ripples that he created would be ones that were positive. He understood that the smallest boy, the smallest pebble, can create far, far reaching effects just with a simple act of kindness. Now, obviously, I was kind of trying to remember a lot of that off the cuff, so I apologize for kind of stammering and working my way through it. Um, it really, when when you're a little kid and you hear a story like that, it kind of cements your your uh, your place to a certain degree. It, it makes you realize just how important you can be, while also kind of being crappy because this. Old guys like, hey, you're insignificant. But, you know, com- completely forgetting that part, um, it is, it, it's an important lesson. And when I decided to start, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, changing my life, um, I decided that that was the basis Uh, on which I was going to make the changes. I'm not somebody who has ever really embraced a lot of major changes in my life, so all I could really think to do was small things. And one of those small things is starting this podcast. And if you've come here from the TikTok videos, then you know that I've started doing that as well. Um, It's really just to get the idea of this message out, and that idea is as simple as that story. If each one of us takes just a little bit of extra time, just a little bit of understanding, and carries that with us and says, you know what, I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm not going to be mean to people. I'm not going to treat people horribly. I'm just going to be kind and loving. And I'm going to put that energy out. If, If we could get 50 people to do that, it would be a massive change in the world. If we can get a hundred people to do that, it would be a massive change. Any, any number of people that, that can latch onto this idea and start to understand it, the changes that you'll start to see in the people around you and the, the, the world around you will be jaw dropping. And I'm not just saying that for hyperbole. I really do believe that. I believe that if all of us just took a little bit of extra time and, and effort to be better people, that the world would genuinely be a better place. Now, obviously, it's not that simple, right? Like, I can't just come on here and say it, and it makes it happen. And that's kind of what the whole point of this podcast is, is to try to illustrate uh, ideas and concepts and ways of thinking that will help further this idea and will make it easier for people that maybe haven't thought about some of these things. I'm just going to be giving suggestions and telling stories that I feel are positive and bring some good energy into this world because at the end of the day, all we can do is try to change things. And if we do nothing, then things are going to stay exactly how they are. And I don't, I don't really feel like doing nothing anymore. And on that note, I think it's probably important to make sure that everybody understands a little bit about me. Um, I have been clinically depressed for probably 20 years. Uh, I don't really remember when it started. I don't really remember how it started. Uh, It just kind of creeped in and took hold of me. And for those of you that, that don't really understand depression, um, it can it, it creates a, a version of you that is um, I don't I don't really know how to say this. It it is your front facing face, the way that you interact with people, the way that you 
uh, the way that people view you, uh, they see they see this mask of depression most of the time. And what I mean by that is there will be times when you'll be interacting with someone and you you'll be trapped in your own body. You won't be able to speak out and say the things you want to say because your depression is just so stifling and so overwhelming that it's doing all the talking for you. You don't really get to make the choice of how you interact with people a lot of times. So for me, having lived with it for as long as I did, or still am really, uh, it it was very um, life-altering. It became my way of life, and it really did affect everyone and everything in my life. And obviously for a, a period of time like that, I can't really get into all the details of it. Maybe if I do this podcast for another 40 years, I can get into it. But um, it's pretty depressing since we're talking about depression. Uh, and so there's I don't really see much point in all the details. The reason I bring that up is because this podcast and the ideas that come out of it were spawned at the very, very bottom of that depression, where it basically became a situation where it was, you know, sink or swim. I either had to find a way to claw myself out of it, or uh, I was it. I was, I was done. And I mean that in just the way you think I mean it. It was, it was really, really that bad. And it was really over the course of one night, I just hit rock bottom emotionally I couldn't I couldn't see a way out and then I'm not really sure what happened but I mean I've been calling it an inspiration or an epiphany but at some point I just it just clicked you know I can't I can't keep doing this I can't let this depression kill me I can't let it take over my life anymore and I mean, once again, the the backstory is a little bit more in depth, and the reasoning for the depression getting that bad is a longer story that I'm not going to get into at this point, at least. Um, but suffice it to say, I was um, I was moved, I was changed, I felt almost immediately better about my life. Um, for those of you that have dealt with depression, you'll know that there's periods of time where it, it fades away and, and you start to feel yourself again. You start to feel good. And the problem with depression is that it, it, it always comes back. It always, it always rears its ugly head. And, and you know, who knows? It may, it may, I may have to deal with it, fight the hydra again, if you will. But um, right now, as I'm recording this, I feel better than I have in a long, long time. And I feel like I have a purpose. And that purpose is to try to, you know, get this message out and make people feel better about their lives and try to affect the lives of those closest to them so that they may also uh, be pebbles in the pond, if you will. Now, the the general idea of this uh, spawned, like I said, in a, in a period of extreme depression. Um, and the original idea was going to be me as somebody who is a, I guess you could say a student of humanity and history and uh, just general, I guess you could say I'm a, a student of people. My favorite uh, pastime when I was in high school and those, those, those uh, formative years was not going out and partying and drinking and all of those things. I would just go places and sit and people watch. That was my favorite thing to do. I loved watching people. I loved learning people. I would I would sit in in the middle of a mall or I would sit in a at the time there was a a Virgin Megastore. I would sit and I would go up into the the top le- level of the Virgin Megastore and I would just sit and watch people. And uh, no doubt it was it was probably boring for most of my friends, but for me it was enthralling. I loved it. I loved watching the way people walked. I loved watching the way that some people held hands and some people, you know, the, the looks that they would give each other, the ways that people communicated without ever really saying a word. I really, I really spend most of my time when I'm in public studying people and trying to understand them on a verbal and nonverbal level. So I know that 
sometimes when you get into these podcasts and, and you start to listen to them and people throw around terms that I guess are hot button terms. And I, this is one of those and for some people. And so just bear with me on this. Some people would say that I'm an empath. Um, I know that there are people out there that for some reason don't believe that empathy is a real thing. I, I don't really understand that, but you know, welcome anyway. Um, I am, I am an extremely, uh, sensitive empath and I, I really do, uh, connect very well with people, um, in a way that is oftentimes painful, but is always something I can learn from and I grow from. I don't have to do a lot of things myself. I can learn from the pain or the happiness of other people. I can, I can really pull from that and experience it through them a lot of times. No, I mean, obviously like skydiving is something you just have to do on your own. Uh, you're never really going to be able to, you know, emulate that with just empathy, but, uh, it is, you know, I can, I can certainly understand the happiness and, and the high related with it. So the original idea was going to be me having the skill set that I have and uh, a very close friend of mine who is a trained life coach and she was going to be um, bringing her expertise and her training into the fold and we were basically just going to have a back and forth about how certain ways of seeing certain problems and dealing with certain people and you know things that you go through in your life uh, there's just different tactics that you can take and different ways that you can move through those scenarios and those situations and sometimes the the better thing to do is you know you take the life coaching and the the, the therapy and the psychiatry way of doing things the kind of professional way of doing things and that's obviously going to be better for some people but for a lot of people it's just really something you can just boil down to simplicity and kindness. And I think, I think that that's lost on a lot of people is that sometimes the best way through a scenario or a situation that involves other people is really honestly the simplest and easiest way of doing it. But I feel like uh, it's important to let everybody know that the life coach friend that I had is probably not going to be taking part, at least not for a long time, if she does. Uh, it wasn't something that necessarily moved her as much as it moved me, but I felt that the message that I was trying to get out and the, the importance of the change that can come about from it uh, were, just, were just too important. I couldn't, I couldn't let that sidetrack me, and I couldn't let it stop me from making this podcast. I may end up spending hours making these podcasts and making these episodes and uh, just end up talking to myself through most of them. But if that's the case, then, you know, at least I'm getting it out. I work on these with two of my children, and uh, they're actually going to be my uh, my engineer and my social media manager. So uh, very soon after you hear this, uh, well, there will be a social media presence on almost every social media site for this podcast. We're really going to try as hard as we can to get the basic ideas of this message out to as many people as we possibly can. I don't just want to do a podcast. I really do genuinely from the bottom of my heart want to start a community. I want to build something out of nothing. I want to create a movement if I can. Uh, and obviously I can't do it alone. So if you're hearing this and it's something that you're interested in, please Please engage. Please stick around. Because as I get better at this and we start to really be able to touch some people and change some mindsets and ways of looking at the world, I think that you're going to want to be here to see it. You're going to want to see it from the beginning. You're going to want to understand how this change came about. Because if I can accomplish what I'm out to accomplish it's a really simple goal i just want to change the world and that may sound you know a little arrogant but it, you know we got to dream big baby dream big that's that's where i got to be uh this this inspiration came to me at a point where i was at my lowest 
and I'm not gonna let it, I'm not gonna let it come back. Uh, I'm not gonna let that low point come back. I, I'm gonna follow this lead uh, to the very end if I can, and uh, try to make not just my world, but the people in this world uh, better. Uh, I just, I just have to. I don't know why. I don't know what's driving me. I, I I'm not, I'm not a, a religious man. I'm not, I'm not someone that has a lot of faith in a lot of things. I'm actually pretty well known for being a cynic and a skeptic. Um, so these, these things that I say and this leap of faith, if you will, uh, that I'm taking is, is extremely uncomfortable and odd and I don't quite understand it, but sometimes we just got to roll with it. Sometimes we don't, we don't have much choice in that. My goal with these, uh, episodes will be to try to keep them between 30 and 45 minutes. Um, as we move forward, I would like to start to, you know, bring some people in, uh, whether it be actually in person or, uh, you know, through, uh, whatever media I need to, to bring people in and do some interviews and really get some, you know, professional outlooks on certain things. Uh, I have, I have a few avenues to pursue some historical, uh, I guess historians, uh, that might uh, be willing to come on and, and talk about, uh, the history of certain concepts and ideas that I'm going to be talking about. But those are those are a little ways out, and obviously something I'm I'm still working on. So, uh, as of right now, every episode is going to have a theme, uh, an idea that I'm going to be discussing and trying to create uh, understanding and avenues of change for people, uh, so that they can start to employ some of these concepts in their everyday life and make these little changes. Now I'm not. As I've already stated, I'm not a doctor. I mean, maybe I didn't already state that, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not really somebody who, you know, any more than you would listen to your best friend and their advice. I'm not. I'm not anything more than that. But I can. I can offer this um, if it makes any of this easier. Uh, I. I genuinely care about what's happening to people and I, I I can't tell you how important it is to me that each person that hears this gets something out of it. I don't I don't want to sit here and talk into the void, but I certainly will if at some point, whether it be tomorrow or a year from now, somebody might hear it and it might help them. So I'm gonna just keep doing it until it changes somebody's life because that's what it's all about. So I guess uh, what I'd like to do next, and this will probably wrap up this episode, is I want to tell a story. And uh, this isn't going to be a story like the other one where I'm trying to remember it uh, and stammering through it while I am trying to remember something. Well, I mean, I guess kind of it is. I mean, this was a long time ago, but I remember it much more clearly than I do that story that is, you know, a childhood memory. Uh, this story actually takes place when I was, uh, uh, I'd say around 16 or 17 and, uh, a group, a group of friends of mine, uh, like three or four of us, we used to go hang out at the McDonald's, which is just as exciting as it sounds. Um, there was a McDonald's that was, you know, a big McDonald's that was open 24 hours and instead of, uh, going out to clubs and things like that, since we were still only 16 years old, 17, um, we would go hang out at the McDonald's. And we would hang out until like 4 or 5 in the morning. It was, was This was like a serious hangout. This wasn't, you know, we weren't playing around. Like, we were hanging out. And I remember very clearly uh, going in there. I, you know, we'd been going in there a lot. But uh, I was, it, we went in there and a young lady at the time, uh, was at the register. I'd never seen her before. And she was uh, sad, I guess you could say. 
she looked like she had not necessarily been crying, but had obviously been upset about something. And keep in mind, I had been there a lot, and uh, I'd never seen this girl before. Um, and everybody, you know, everybody ordered their thing, and I just, I don't know why. I don't know, I can't really explain it to you, or, or anybody, uh, why I felt this need to talk to this girl. But this would become something from, I mean, even back then, this would this would be something that would actually be a driving force for me in a lot of interactions I would have is just, I just feel these like overwhelming, like I have to do this. I have to do that. I, I, I don't know why, but I have to. And this was one of those times I, I was, uh, overwhelmed by this need to talk to this girl. And there was, there was no attraction. I mean, we were, you know, she was probably a little bit older than me, but, uh, there was no like physical attraction or anything. It was just, I just felt like I had to talk to her. And, I just asked her, I was like, are you okay? And she said, yeah, yeah. You know, she, she has, she put on the face that a lot of people put on where they, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, no problem. I was like, are you sure? Cause you seem like you're a little upset. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to pry. I just, you know, you see, you do seem upset. I, is there anything I can do to help you? And to say that those words changed lives would be doing a disservice to those words. Because at that point in time, she she damn near broke down. Honestly, she, she just, tears came to her eyes and she said, no, I, you know, I've got, I've got some problems and you know, I'm dealing with them. You know, you you don't worry about it. And, you know, she, she did what most people do in society and she tried to deflect and she tried to not get into it. And, and I wasn't, I wasn't trying to pry. I wasn't trying to like force anything out of her. So I just, you know, I told her, you know, well, I'll be, I'll be over there sitting down if you take a break and you want to talk about any of this stuff, uh, you know, come join me. And you know, my friends were there and everything. So obviously that wasn't going to be the most comfortable scenario for her. But I, I sat, I went, I got my, got my fries and I went and sat down and, uh, it wasn't that long, maybe, maybe 30 minutes. And, uh, she came over and she had a tray of food. She was on a break and she sat down. Well, let me be clear. She didn't sit down with me. She actually asked me if we could go talk. And then I got up and went to a different booth and she sat down with me. So she begins to tell me that uh, she's uh, a newly single mother. Uh, And for this story, since I don't want to incriminate anybody or make anybody uncomfortable that might hear it, we're going to call her Sarah. Um, So Sarah tells me that she's a newly single mother young mother. Um, she lives on her own. Uh, she's basically got enough money to make it a month in the apartment that she's at. Uh, maybe, maybe two if she really pushes it. But the, the man in her life at the time, uh, had, you know, through her, through her pregnancy and everything had promised that they were going to you know, they were going to do this and they were going to do that and they were going to make it. And then as soon as her daughter was born, uh, he, he ghosted her, he disappeared. Uh, and back then, I mean, this is, this is the nineties. Uh, back then when you ghosted somebody, they were pretty much just gone. Like there wasn't any social media or anything to find them. They were, you know, if they didn't want to be found. They were just gone unless, you know, a friend narked on them or something. But for the most part, uh, ghosting people back then was, was they were literally just ghosts so she here she was uh alone suddenly uh trying to raise a baby daughter uh and it it just it had just become too much for her and when she would come into her new job at this mcdonald's um she was she was in she was getting into trouble because she was showing up five ten minutes late because her situation dictated that she couldn't necessarily make it every time every day on time. Um, and so the managers and stuff were, were kind of laying into her and telling her that she was going to get fired. And this was creating a level of stress that was, it was just breaking her. And you could just see it, like I said, on her face, you could just see that she was, she was damn near the end. She was going to have a breakdown and everything was going to be really bad. So I just sat with her and we just talked and I, you know, told her about myself and, 
we ended up spending the 30 minute break that she had just sitting there talking and, and going through all this stuff. And I told her, you know what, I'll, I'll I'm here all the time anyway. I, I haven't seen you before. I, you know, the first time we met, but uh, I'll be here tomorrow or the next day. And if you want to take your break, uh, we, we can sit and talk some more. Now, like I said before, this wasn't a situation where I was necessarily like there was no physical attraction uh, she was she was a pretty girl. I'm not. I just at the time I was with somebody and I wasn't really thinking like that, and uh, so it w- there was no ulterior motive for what I was doing. I just felt this overwhelming desire to help, um, and I I realize now looking back on it that that might not be something that everybody can relate to. Um, I I I. I don't, I'm not somebody who necessarily understands that because I, I kind of live my life trying to help people. Even in my deepest depressions, I was trying to be pleasant and trying to help people. But um, I, I guess that's not something that everybody experiences. I, I guess that's not something that everybody can relate to. And that's, as a side note, uh, important because that's what we're trying to change. You know, we're really, we're really want to try to get people to understand that the mindset that can go into being helpful and being kind and being uh, there for the people that you contact and the people that you come across in life. So back to the story, um, I did come back, obviously, um, the next day, and she was working, and she took her break, and it was the same thing. You know, she wasn't, obviously she wasn't quite as upset, uh, for whatever reason, and she, we sat for 30 minutes. She took her, she took her lunch her break and she just came and sat with me and we just sat and talked. And this happened, uh, over the course of a few weeks, multiple times. I, I think it probably ended up probably being four or five, five times a week. Uh, I was there. And like I said, this was just our hangout spot. We would just go get a drink and sit down and, you know, start shit with people as they walked by. We were, you know, rapscallions and hoodlums hanging out at the McDonald's at 3 a.m. But this this moment and the, this interaction I had with Sarah uh, kind of changed that a little bit. I, I kind of had, had removed myself for this period of time from these guys. And, and these, are, these are my close friends. And, you know, obviously they're looking at it like, oh, are you trying to get with this chick? And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to help. And so them knowing me relatively well, they kind of backed off and, They kind of understood where I was coming from. And so over the course of this month or so, uh, where I would go in and we would have these conversations, things were getting progressively worse for her, but she was feeling better. Having somebody there to talk to and to kind of uh, lay down some of the burden that she had uh, really helped her a lot. And I saw it and she, she said it a few times, you know, she was, she was happy. She was, she was glad she would look forward to going to work because it was almost going to work became, uh, a respite from the, the dreariness of the rest of her life. She got to come in and have a 30 minute therapy session with, with yours truly. And I knew that I knew that it was a high point for her. She she had explained it to me. And, uh, so I started to try to build on it. I, you know, I started to try to give some suggestions and some ideas of things that she could do, things that might make it easier for her and her daughter. So, you know, like I said, this was a, this was a pretty concentrated period of time. This was a, I don't know, like I said, a month, month and a half that I did this. And then life happens, things happen. And, uh, I think I got a, a job. I don't remember where, which job this was, but I I got a job and I couldn't, I wouldn't, come in all the time anymore it became more of a once a week thing but when I would every time I would come in she would come sit down with me and she'd eat some fries or whatever and we'd sit and talk well as time went on and she was you know she wasn't taking all my advice but she was listening and she was understanding that I was trying to help and and so as time went on she ended up taking some of my advice and doing the things she needed to do to become a shift lead and then become a manager. And this happened over the course of probably, I don't know, I want to say six to eight months. She went from a new hire, the cashier, to uh, a shift lead, and then she became the night manager of a, a, a 
pretty big McDonald's, actually. It was a pretty big deal. And I'll, I'll never forget the uh, the first time, because I, I knew that she was up for the manager position, but I'll never forget going in there and seeing her. And she was, you know, wearing little manager shirts that they wear and everything, and she just smiled at me. And even now, just saying that, I just the the mental image of her smile it was it's it's heartwarming, honestly. Um, seeing her smile, and she came, and instead of uh, instead of me buying my food, she I, when I went to go check out or went to go up to the register, uh, she just waved me off, and I didn't. I was like, okay, and she's like, just go sit down. So I go sit down, and and probably ten minutes later. She she comes around the corner and she's got a tray of food for me, and she had you know she was a manager now so she got she got the perks and she went and she got food for us both and and we sat there and we had our normal I think it was actually a forty five minute conversation because she was the manager she had to get up and go deal with a bunch of crap while we were talking but but we ended up sitting there talking for for quite some time and then that would happen. Uh, that ended up being the new, the new normal thing. It was, you know, once a week, once every, you know, once every, once in a while I would go in and sit down and we'd catch up. And, uh, as time went on, uh, I, you know, life just went in separate directions and, uh, I stopped hanging out at McDonald's and, uh, I, I didn't, I never, I never had her phone number. I never had any way of getting in contact with her, um, there was a point where I didn't know where she lived. Uh, there was a point where her ex man had come back into her life and was threatening her. And I remember her, uh, telling me that. And, you know, especially then I was, I was a lot more, uh, white knight ish, if you will. And I, I got her address and met her at, at the, uh, gas station by her house one day and followed her to her house just to make a show of, I never went in her house. I never went in her, it was her apartment. I never went in her apartment, but, uh, I, I remember going in there just to make a show of, you know, she's got muscle basically. And, uh, shockingly enough, I was, you know, I wasn't really, a, I'm, I'm not really a big guy, but, uh, uh apparently I'm pretty intimidating. So, but shockingly enough, it worked, and this dude uh, took off, and uh, from what I understand, didn't come back for a long, long time, and didn't bother her anymore, which was good for her and her daughter, because that guy was a real douchebag. So, as time went on, uh, like I said, we we just kind of went our separate ways, and I didn't, I won't say I, I forgot about her, but, you know, when life is happening, you tend to, you know, put things that are in the past in the past, and I, you know, was just living a whole new life. Well, flash forward about two years. And I, I'll be honest, I don't remember the concert. I don't remember what I was there with. But I was there with my mother and somebody else, another friend of mine. And uh, we're out in the lobby leaving the, the merch booth. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got a, I've got a fresh new concert t-shirt over my shoulder and we're walking back into the venue and I hear my name. I just hear somebody yell, Daniel, Daniel. And I turn around and I'm looking through the crowd and I, my mom heard my name as well. And she's turning and she's looking she's for somebody she recognizes. Uh, and I, I remember lo- like scanning the crowd and not recognizing anybody. And just being confused and thinking, well, they must have been talking to somebody else. And then the crowd parted, you know, like a movie scene. And Sarah was standing there. But it wasn't the Sarah that I remembered. It was an entirely different Sarah. I mean, same same face, same everything. But this was a Sarah that didn't have McDonald's clothes on. And I'd never seen that before, really. Uh, like I said, uh, I had seen it briefly when I when I stood outside of her apartment and, and intimidated her ex-boyfriend. But uh, other than that, uh, I'd never seen her, like, done up to go out and things like that. I, I, it was just not something that had ever crossed my mind that she would look different. I just always imagined her as a McDonald's employee. And so there she was, and she had a friend with her. And she sees me, and she gets this huge smile, and she starts to tear up. And <laughs> I, was, I was shocked. I was like, Sarah? 
And she's like, yeah. And she comes up and she just throws her arms around me and gives me the big, one of the biggest hugs I've ever had, squeezes me till it hurt. And she said, I saw you. I didn't want to bother you. I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. How are you doing? You know, I'm trying to trying to small talk because it's weird. It 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 was, it was weird to see like when you have an interaction with somebody and you, the only way that you ever see them is in this one way, and then you see them in an entirely different way. I mean, she had she had like a bunch of makeup on and she was all dressed up and you know she she was she looked great. Uh, and it was shocking not not that she could look great, but that she was looked like she was really happy and healthy. And that, that was a departure from the way that we had started our friendship. And uh, she said, I, I, I saw you and I had to, I had to tell you. And I said, I had to, had to tell me what? And she's, at this point in time, she's, she's damn near bawling. I mean, she's having a hard time speaking. And she just says to me, you changed my life. I owe you everything. And... I'm not going to lie, I actually just get a little emotional thinking about it. She says, everything that you did, everything that you said, changed everything in my life. My life is better because of you. And that's all she said. And she just sat there and hugged me. And I didn't know what to say. I just, I was, I was shocked. And uh, I just hugged her back. and, And I said, are you... Are you, this is one of the dumbest, this is one of those moments where you say the dumbest possible things. Like, are you here for the show? I mean, she's in the, the arena, like obviously had a ticket to get in and I'm, are you here for the show? I just want a really, really stupid thing to say. But, uh, and she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I, I, I just remember looking back and seeing my mom and she's got like this puzzled look on my face, but also was like she was like freaked out but also like I don't know proud to a certain degree like I don't know if she'd even heard what Sarah had said to me but she she I guess she just assumed that like I don't know I I don't know what she assumed but I, I I thought at the time that she had this look of concern but pride and I don't like I said I don't nothing else was really said I, I there's there's nothing more to that part of it but we go in, you know, I say, I say, okay, well, you know, just stay in contact or whatever. And we went to the show and I went and watched the show and she went and watched the show wherever she was sitting. Uh, I didn't follow up on it. And that was it. That was, that would, that would normally be the end of the story. And it, even that part of the story is, I, I believe enough to show, to, to evidence what uh, small kindness and consideration can do. I I really think that that would be a great end to the story, but that's not really the end of the story. Uh, the end of the story is actually many, many, many years later. As in, uh, well, what's what year is this? Uh, uh, six years ago it was twenty sixteen. Um, I get a message on Facebook. Don't recognize the name don't know anything about it don't know who this person is and um i was like oh did did you it just says is this daniel i was like yeah did you do i know you and the person uh which we will call let's say jessica uh the the person uh jessica says to me you know my mom and i was like oh what who's your mom and she says Sarah blank I'm not gonna say her last name uh and I'm like really this is I knew you when you were a baby and she said yeah that's my mom and I she was telling me about you and how you changed her life and I just wanted you to know that you didn't just change her life. You changed my life too. And I wanted to thank you because I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for you. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the conversation went back and forth a few more times and, and come to find out that, uh, Sarah's daughter had grown up with her mom being a manager at a McDonald's 
which never would have happened if I hadn't talked to her and I, you know, we hadn't had the, the conversations that we'd had and ends up that she ended up going to college. And, uh, when I talked to her, she was working on, I think she was going to be a vet, some sort of, some sort of animal doctor. I don't know exactly what, uh, some sort of veterinarian. I don't know what her particular specialty was going to be, but, um, now I haven't, I haven't, I'm not going to say that there's like a big happy ending beyond that because I haven't really talked to her since then. Uh, maybe she'll hear this. Uh, maybe I'll post it, uh, if I can find that message again. But, um, you know, this was a girl that was, you know, she, I think she was 20 something when she contacted me about her mother who was, uh, uh, a little bit older than me. So, um, but it, it, it stunned me. It, it, it completely floored me. I, 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 I'm not going to lie to you when I tell you that I, that was not a message that I ever could have expected or really even wanted for. I'm so happy and so proud that they were able to live a, a good life. And, uh, and who knows the effects that their, their living and the lives that they've affected and the lives that they've touched because of the, the positive energy that they're bringing. And I know that I had a part in that. I know I, that I, I helped create that energy that, that, that went through multiple lives and changed them for the better. And, and it was really then, it was, it was at that concert, actually, where I thought, wow, I, I, didn't, I never thought I could do anything like that. I, I, I don't really tend to think of myself as being overly important throughout most of my life. So it, when stuff like that has happened it has really, really left me with a, a feeling of pride and happiness, something that I can pull back on. And, and when, when I got to my deepest, darkest parts of my depression, I would often think about that story and that moment and all of the, 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 the choices that I made, the small things that I would say and the, the careful considerations that I took when when talking to her and dealing with her that would end up changing her life and I'm extremely proud of it but that's the end of the story so far that's all I know and I wanted to share that in this first episode because I think that it really does illustrate just how powerful each of us can be and each of us really are um, a lot of people just don't know it a lot of people just don't understand uh, the effect that each and every single one of us can have on the people in our lives, for good and for bad. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna be here, if you're gonna be on this planet, if you're gonna be trying to live with the rest of the people on this planet, then you might as well be good. You might as well try to bring as much light and positivity and love into the world as you possibly can. Now I'm going to end the episode with a quote, uh, a quote that, that has stuck with me since I was, uh, I'd say probably 14. Um, and it has, it has haunted me, uh, and been, been, a, a, a ever looming specter over my shoulder. And that quote is by Henry David Thoreau. And he once wrote, most men lead lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with the song still in them. I have lived many years of my life in quiet desperation. Despite the warning that I got when I was 14 and first read Walden, uh, I, I have lived, I've lived out exactly what he speaks of in that quote. And I don't want to do that anymore. So from this point on, just like the little boy in that story, I'm going to make a promise. I promise to use everything that I can and everything at my disposal, which isn't much, uh, but I'm going to use every bit of power that I have in me to try to make this world a better place. 
and I'm going to try to help as many people as I can understand how beautiful and valuable they really are in the grand scheme of things. If you made it this far, I appreciate you, and uh, I thank you for listening. Uh, The next episode will be up in a week, hopefully, from when you hear this, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the, the very basic concepts that come into play when you're trying to change your life, and the number one most important aspect is honesty and truth and understanding the value and the importance of being earnest and forthright with people and making sure that you are as authentic as possible in every way. So that's what we have coming up in a week. Thank you very much for slogging through this first episode as I'm trying to figure this all out. I promise you these episodes will get better as I get more comfortable. This is my first go. Thank you again, and I want you all to have a very, very good day.